Welcome to the Art of Unraveling podcast. My name is Erin McGuire, and I'm an empowerment coach and guide here to empower you into feeling completely worthy of a business and life that you love. This podcast is the place to learn how to unravel anything keeping you from that abundant, beautiful life that you so deserve. Nothing is off limits here as we navigate life through psychology, science, and spirit. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to The Art of Unraveling. So today's podcast, I wanted to talk about both a personal story and just something that kind of came up over the weekend in discussion. And so a lot of you may not know this, that uh, when I was 16, I worked as a CNA at a nursing home in the small town that I was living in. I didn't necessarily grow up in that small town. I grew up about 20 minutes away from there, but we moved when I was in sixth grade to this little town of like a thousand people called Manson, Iowa. And I worked at the retirement home there. And it was, I don't even know what possessed me. I don't remember the scenario that got me to go work there or why I chose that place. But I mean, there weren't a lot of options. It was like, you know, working in a restaurant or the nursing home. I'm not sure why I chose the nursing home, but I became a CNA and I got a job there at the age of 16. And it was a very, I would say very important job in terms of outlook on life for me at that age, it was extremely difficult and challenging. Obviously, the things that you have to see and witness and do as a CNA are pretty intense. So at 16, to have to do some of those things was a lot, (laughs) to say the least. Not only that, I saw a lot. I would get close to these residents and then you know, I'd have my favorites and then they would pass away. So I had to learn at a young age about death and release and all of that. And it was just, it was a lot. And I, again, I still am kind of confused as to how I got into that or where that all started. Um, But nevertheless, I did that. And I worked in the Alzheimer's wing, um, which at that facility, it was called the Angel's Wing. Uh, I worked there towards the end of my time at that nursing home, but that was a beautiful experience as well. But what I noticed mostly when I worked not in on the Angel's Wing with the Alzheimer's patients, but with the general population was that I just distinctly remember you know, you're in their room, you're helping them with different things, and they're just kind of talking to you about things. And I I specifically remember several experiences with several different residents talking about regrets that they had in life. And that really stood out to me. I can't give any specific story because that time of my life is just completely forgotten in a lot of ways. I don't know why I didn't hold on to any specific stories. I can see a couple of the residents as I talk about this. There's one little woman in particular that comes to my mind. She had a beautiful room. 
um, had a huge room, like one of the biggest rooms at that facility. Uh, so you knew that she came from wealth. And I specifically remember her talking to me about regrets. And it just struck me. It struck me as a 16-year-old to be around people at the end of their life talking about the things that they wished they would have done. And the only lesson I took away from that experience was I don't want to have any regrets. It was just a powerful lesson for me that I don't want to live a life with regret. And, you know, I look back on my life and I can see how thus far I've really tried to keep that theme going. You know, at 26, I moved to Los Angeles to try acting because I didn't want to regret having not tried it. In 2011, I traveled around the world. I put all my stuff in storage once my lease was up on my apartment and bought a one-way ticket to Australia and spent the next year just traveling and teaching yoga here and there, but not really working that much. And that is something, that was a time in my life, you know, I needed that experience. I needed to be able to be that free and to just kind of flow. And that that really shaped me in a lot of ways. And several, several other things, you know, starting my own business, working with clients the way that I do, the way that I I continually change things up in my business when I feel guided to. I don't say, oh, well, I can't do this because what if it doesn't work? I mean, certainly some of those negative beliefs do come up, but I keep moving forward. And so I do really believe that I've been able to thus far do a pretty good job of living life without regret. My partner and I have talked about this recently, you know, and because we have family members that kind of do this as well, that just kind of talk a lot about the things that they regret. And it's just so sad, you know, it's sad to, to focus your attention there. Right. And so the, really the only thing I regret is what my partner I'll be honest, he regrets not uh, investing in Bitcoin much earlier, which, yeah, I think we're all there, right? If you know anything about Bitcoin. My regret, the only regret I have, but I've, you know, it's kind of one of those that I've let go. But if I were, were to say, have I regretted anything, it would be that I wish I hadn't partied so much in my 20s. I was a very lost little soul back then. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, what, what I did know is that, you know, drinking and partying and having fun, you know, those are the things I knew. And so I, I did a lot of that. And I feel like I wished I would have, you know, personal growth and development and all the things that are available now, like at the, at our fingertips weren't available as readily back then as they are now. And that is one thing. It's just, I, I wish I would have gotten into more of this personal growth and development stuff in my teens, you know, in college, and that I'd, 
I'd really just focused more there instead of partying and focused more on being present and loving and those kinds of things. You know, that just, again, that it wasn't really my fault. (laughs) You know, those things just weren't available, but they were, they just weren't as readily available. And I just, I do believe like I would be further along in my process, in my journey and in my peace than had I, you know, done what I did, which was party all the time. So that, that would be my one regret, but it's not something I'm holding on to and, and wishing because I do believe in divine timing and that things happen. And I'm grateful for finding my path, starting on my path at the age of 27. I know some people don't start until much later. And then there's all those regret too. So it's all perfect somehow and it's never what it looks like. But that would be my one regret is, you know, wishing I had (laughs) partied less and been a little more personal growth oriented much sooner. I think that would have saved me a lot of time and a lot of heartache and a lot of frustration, but alas. So I'm curious to hear from you what your regrets are. And let's talk about some common regrets and some ways to work around that. Because here's the thing. It's like, we've got our life now. We are here There is no point living in the past. There is no point in regretting things that you've done, but we can learn from these common regrets that people have at the end of their life and apply them to our now. Apply them to what can I do now to help myself not be in that state at the end of my life so so that I can be released and be free instead of holding on to all these things I wish I would have done. So let's go into this. So this comes from Bonnie Ware, who's an Australian palliative nurse who spent years taking care of the dying in the last three months of their lives. When she was questioned about any regrets they had, or sorry, when they were questioned about any regrets they had or anything they would do differently, there were some common themes that she saw that surfaced again and again. So she eventually put together the five most common regrets from people moments away from their last breath and put it on her blog. And it's been picked up several times over. So you might be asking, what were the greatest regrets that she heard from her patients? Was it that they didn't make enough money? They didn't work enough hours, not enough vacation, not enough homes, and actually, no, that's not even close. We could probably have guessed that. The five greatest regrets of the dying are, number one, I wished I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And I think we can all really attest to that. So I'm going to say that again. I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. So we'll just kind of ask some reflective questions with each of these. So it's like, where in your current life right now do you feel like you're doing things to appease other people? Maybe your parents, 
maybe your children, your, you know, extended family members. Where do you feel like you are living a life for someone else? That is the number one regret, is not living, not having the courage, because it takes courage to live a life true to yourself. Our parents want us to do certain things and be a certain way, and it takes a lot of courage to go against the tribe. You know, that's that's biologically wired within our DNA as cavemen and cave women. that if you deviate from the tribe, that you could end up dying, right? Getting eaten by a saber-toothed tiger because you, you're off wandering alone away from your tribe. So it takes a lot of courage to override literally your bio, biology. Number two is not going to come as a surprise. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. So all those hours you're putting in to work, you know, I hope it's something that you enjoy doing because that's a lot of time in your life that you're putting into something that may be taking care of you financially, but is it taking care of you in other ways as well? And, you know, some people are just workaholics. They just can't stop working. And you're not going to say at the end of your life that you wished you had worked more. You're just not going to do that. No matter how many hours you worked in your life, you're not going to say that. You're going to say, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. So just thinking about that. And, you know, where can you cut back in life? Number three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Ooh, that's a big one. That's one we talk about a lot in here. We're all about the feelings in here. Feel to heal. And so many people struggle with feelings because it's so not taught to us. You know, we're taught, in fact, to shut down our feelings, to get over it, to move on. We're not taught to express our feelings, express our needs, and certainly not taught to, yeah, let those come out. We're taught to repress, push them down, don't feel. And in other words, we're also taught to judge our own feelings. And so we, you know, we say, well, I don't want to feel this way. This is bad. I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to feel grief. I don't want to feel anger or rage. I just want to be happy. And we have to be able to allow all the feelings to be expressed without judgment. All right. The next one is, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. This one I would like to add. So there's a man, his name is Brendan Bruchard, I think. Don't quote me on that. He's like a business coach, influencer kind of person. And I remember a story of him saying, that he almost died when he was like 18. He got in a car accident and he he was kind of playing like that end of life story in his mind. He had like a near death experience. And the three questions, it wasn't like, oh, I wish, you know, I was more successful or whatever. It was like these three questions popped into his mind. Did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? And I think the did I love one is so relevant here to I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Not only that, it's like, 
did I love fully? You know, did I love fully with the people in my life? Or did I close myself off in some ways? Like when they, we talked in, I think last week's podcast, when we get irritated with people around us, when we, we subtly start shutting down our heart a little bit. And so, you know, did I love fully? Because that takes courage too. That takes a lot of courage to just be open-hearted and be loving with discernment. It doesn't mean we, again, you know, allow everybody in, but yeah, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Is there somebody that you've been meaning to reach out to that you haven't talked to in a long time? Maybe your challenge this week is to reach out to that person, check in on them, see how they're doing. And then the last one is, I wish that I had let myself be happier. I know I can get into these moods. In fact, I was in one yesterday where it's just like, I just want to clean. I want the house to be clean. And I get kind of like very fixated on things. I don't do this all the time, but it does come up occasionally. And I don't necessarily view it as a bad thing. I, I am somebody that really likes organization. I thrive on that. Uh, but, and I can go both ways. Like I can let the house get just a full-on mess. Like, I'm not like that all the time. Uh, But when I do get into cleaning mode, it's like, look out, I'm like on a roll, you know, and I'm going to clean everything. And sometimes it feels like I can't stop and just like let things happen. I get very fixated on completion. Like, I want everything completed around me. And So I can very much relate to this. I wish that I had let myself be happier. Because I think when you have that internal responsibility meter a little bit higher than than others around you, that's where we, we struggle a bit, right? We struggle to let in the joy, to let in the pleasure, to allow ourselves to play. And this is all we know from childhood trauma or wounding. So if that's you, if that resonates with you, where can you let yourself be happier or let in some play, you know, do something that you wouldn't normally do. I have a client who she was playing with her kids and she just started doing cartwheels in the front lawn. And she said, like, normally that's not something she would ever do. Like, what would the neighbors think? And I know I can attest to that, too. There's here in um, Dubuque, there's uh, the Mississippi River runs right through our town and there's a river walk. And one day I was just sitting down there by myself, you know, just kind of looking over the river. And I just got this like inclination to just lay back on this slab of cement and look up at the sky. And a part of me was like, because there's all kinds of people walking around. It's like, well, people are going to think you're one of those weirdos. You know, they're going to think you're like on drugs or something. And I had to fight against that inner critic who was telling me, ooh, what are people going to think? And I just did it anyway. And I laid there on this warm slab of cement looking up at the beautiful expanse of sky with the river in front of me. And it just felt so relaxing and grounding. And I was listening to my body in that moment. That's what my body was telling me. My head was the one saying, don't do that. So how often do you, you know, not follow your own intuition because you're scared of what somebody else is going to think? 
And when you really think about that, that's kind of asinine, isn't it? It's like, who cares? It's like we can say that, but when the rubber meets the road, can we actually take action on what our intuition is telling us, regardless of what people are going to think? Because often what intuition tells us, people are going to think we're insane, (laughs) right? So can we go against that programming and just do the thing? So there you have it. There are your five top regrets. And a lot of this, as you can see, just relates to authenticity. It's about being true to yourself. That seems to be the biggest theme here. And so some questions you can ask yourself. If you're being authentic, you you live a life true to yourself. You overvalue your time and you find a job that fits your life. You recognize and express your feelings. You keep in touch with your friends and you let yourself be happier. Being you removes regrets from your life. Authenticity removes regrets from your life. So forget about the to-do list. You know, obviously, I know we've got to do things in life. But I challenge you every day to check in with yourself multiple times a day. Am I being true to myself? Am I being true to myself? Am I being true to myself? And just follow your own inner guidance because only you can answer that question. Only you know what's aligned for you, what's true to you. And if you need any support on this, obviously, you know where to find me. I'm here for you. I do one-on-one work with people, and I also have group programs. I do have a new program coming out this month. And if you ever just want some time away to kind of go within and get out of your routine and practice authenticity with yourself, I highly recommend a retreat. I think it's the best way to get out of your comfort zone and to tap back into what's most important to you so that you don't live a life with regret. So I do have a local retreat here in Iowa. It's at the end of September of this year. We're in 2022. So it's the last weekend in September. I have Ireland retreat happening at the beginning of September this year. And then I have Bali in January 2023. So if you want any information on any of those retreats or working one-on-one with me, reach out to me. You can find me at Pure Light Healing on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. You can also email me at thesensitiveceo at gmail.com. I hope this served you today. Let me know. And don't forget to share this with your social media, your friends, and your family. That means the world to me to get this podcast out to more people. Stay tuned for next week. I have a special new series I'm going to be bringing in to the podcast to see if it fits, if it flows, if you like it. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to connect with me more, you can find my website, my services, and my social media links all in the description of this episode. Remember, you are a beautiful and divine and powerful being, and it's time to own it.